It's been said that evil is atheism's most potent weapon against the Christian faith, and it is. After all, the very existence of evil begs the question, if God is all good and God is all powerful, why does he allow evil to exist? The answer at its core is remarkably simple. Free will. God allows evil to exist because of free will. From the Christian standpoint, God tolerates evil in this world on a temporary basis so that one day those who choose to love him freely will dwell with him in heaven, free from the influence of evil, but with their free will intact. In other words, God's intention concerning evil is to one day destroy it. Well, how convenient. One day, I will get rid of all the evil in the world. But until then, you just have to deal with all the wars and holocaust, tsunamis, poverty, starvation, and AIDS. Have a nice life. Next, you'll be lecturing us on moral absolutes. But why not? Professor Radisson, who's clearly an atheist, doesn't believe in moral absolutes. But his course syllabus says he plans to give us an exam during finals weeks. Now, I'm betting that if I manage to get an A in the exam by cheating, he'll suddenly start sounding like a Christian, insisting it's wrong to cheat, that I should have known that. And yet, what basis does he have? If, if my actions are calculated to help me succeed, then why shouldn't I perform them? For Christians, the fixed point of morality, what constitutes right and wrong, is a straight line that leads directly back to God. Oh, so you're saying that we need a God to be moral, that a moral atheist is an impossibility. No, but with no God, there's no real reason to be moral. I mean, there's not even a, a standard of what moral behavior is. For Christians, lying, cheating, stealing, in my example, stealing a great I didn't earn are forbidden, it's a form of theft, but if God does not exist, as Dostoevsky famously pointed out, if God does not exist, then everything is permissible. And not only permissible, but pointless. If Professor Radisson is right, then all of this, all of our struggle, our, our debate, whatever we decide here is meaningless. I mean, our lives and ultimately our deaths are of no more consequence than that of a goldfish. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So after all your talk, you're saying that it all comes down to a choice. Believe or don't believe. That's right. That's all there is. That's all there's ever been. The only difference between your position and my position is that you take away their choice. You demand that they choose the box marked, I don't believe. Yes, because I want to free them. Because religion is like a... It, it, it's, it's like a mind virus that parents have passed on down to their children. And Christianity is the worst virus of all. It slowly creeps into our lives when we're weak or sick or helpless. So religion is like a disease? Yes. Yes, it infects everything. It's the enemy of reason. Reason? Professor, you left reason a long time ago. What you're teaching here isn't philosophy. It's not even atheism anymore. What you're teaching is anti-theism. It's not enough that you don't believe. You need all of us to not believe with you. Why don't you admit the truth? You just want to ensnare them in your primitive superstition. What I want is for them to make their own choice. That's what God wants. You have no idea how much I'm going to enjoy failing you. Yeah, but who are you really looking to fail, Professor? Me? Or God? Do you hate God? <laughs> it's not even a question. Okay. Why 
Do you hate God? This is ridiculous. Why do you hate God? Answer the question. You've seen the science and the arguments. Science supports his existence. You know the truth. So why do you hate him? Why? It's a very simple question, Professor. Why do you hate God? Because he took everything away from me. Yes, I hate God. All I have for him is hate. How can you hate someone if they don't exist? Proven nothing. Maybe not. They get to choose. Is God dead? God is not dead. God's 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 not dead. Hear me back there now? Okay. I am Sharon Lewis, and I truly believe that God's not dead. I believe that God lives in every one of us. The question is, how bright is your fire today? How bright is your fire today? Psalm 63 says, Psalm 63, 1 through 4 says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. 
And in your name, I will lift up my hands. When I was younger, when I was in the choir as a teenager, we used to have this song called Fire. And some of the words were so precious to my heart then and even more now. I want to run. I want to scream. I want to shout and throw up my hands. I'm feeling something special that you may not understand. There's fire shut up in my bones. I love these words and I love seeing it expressed in new followers of Christ. I remember a pastor said years ago, if you want your church to grow, <laughs> give your business cards to a new follower of Christ. Let them take it everywhere they go, through all their activities. Because the reality is, a new follower of Christ is on fire. They don't know no better. They are on fire. They have not been tampered with. All they know is they have a God that just saved their life. Amen. The spirit is so strong in them. They don't know to tamper it down. They want everybody to know what they're feeling. They want everybody to be saved. They don't care if they're going to, to the bowling alley. The, the fire is so strong in them that everybody's wondering, what's going on with Jim tonight? What's going on with Sherry tonight? There's something different about them. The fire <laughs> is shut up in their bones. Their hunger for Christ changes the way that they see life. That fire overflows to the people around them. They bring their friends with them to church activities. They bring their friends to them to small groups. They bring their friends with them to picnics because they want their friends to see and experience what they have experienced. There is no fear in their heart. Because the fire is so powerful. They can't, even when they close their mouth, the fire just ooze out of their pores. I want us to take a moment and think about our lives today. Are you thirsty for God today? Are you thirsty for God today? Is your fire contagious to the people around you? What level is your fire at? Does your fire need a little wood? Has your fire been smothered? Because life can do that. 
Does your fire need some accelerant? Or is your fire burning bright? I want us to search our hearts today and think about how thirsty are we for our creator today? And when I say that, I want us to deep, deep down think about, are we Sunday morning people only? Do we come here and we embrace what we see here and, and, and we say hallelujahs when it's time? We say amens when it's time? We throw out a little shout when it's time? What happens when we leave these four walls? Do you have that fire that can burn outside of these walls? When you go to work, do people know there's something different about you? And here's the deal. We don't have to take our Bibles. We don't have to be slamming people on the head with the Bible. Because here's the deal. When we have that fire in us, we talk different. We think different. When our boss that's hateful to us, when there's something wrong, and their wife or, 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 or their child, something is wrong or someone dies, we're the ones, even though he's awful to us, we're the ones that bring the card. We're the ones that gather everybody around and say, let's take care of meals for him. We're different. Is your fire bright today? Is your fire bright? We're the ones when we're in the school system that as we walk by kids, the kids that you know as bad as you can get them, you walk by them and say, Jesus, have peace on their heart. Just walk by them and touch them. Are we doing that? Because the reality is we have some interesting kids in our society, but most of them just want love. <laughs> if that fire is overflowing in us outside of these walls, we will have more kids receiving that love. Are we here for show? Are we real and bona fide? Is that fire flying off of us when we walk, even when we're giving gas? It reminds me of when, we give, when we're getting gas, it says, turn your engine off. They tell us, don't even touch, touch our um, cell phones. Don't, don't touch certain things because you might spark a little fire. Are you one of those people that you have to be careful because God's fire is flying off of you? Or you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Where is your fire today? Where is your fire? <clears throat> Church, when was the last time you felt on fire for God? And I'm, I'm getting real today. I'm not talking about just right now. But when you're in the midst of your house, <laughs> when, when you're driving down the road, when somebody just cut you off, are you praying for them or are you cussing them out? Let's get real today. Okay? When you pass by that ambulance with that wreck, are you rubbernecking it or are you praying that they're okay? Let's look at our fire today. Where is it? Where is it? 
Psalm 63, 1 through 4 again, this time in the message version. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such a hunger and thirst for God. Traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in a place of worship. Every eye open. Drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise today. Where is your relationship with the Father? Because here's my reality. I have been to many churches. I've been to many missions, missional. I've been overseas, Slovakia, Mexico. But the reality is we all don't come to church for the same reason. We all are not even saved, but our friends think we are. So the reality is where is your fire today? Where is your fire today. Some people might say, you know, Sharon, yeah, I, I remember having that fire, but you know, life has gotten in the way. Life has messed me up and my fire is not always that high anymore. But guess what? That fire is a blessing from God. And God promised us that. But here's the deal. What we forget is that sometimes the promises that God gives us, we have to fight to keep them. Because we have, we have a Satan <laughs> that comes to steal, to destroy, and to kill. And he's not going to let you keep something that's going to be good for you. So sometimes we have to fight to keep our fire. We have to fight for it. It's, a, it's something that God has given us. We are, we are children of the most high God. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have this fire. But Satan is, Satan is not going to sit around and let us hold on to it all the time. He's going to try to take it from us. That's what he does. If he did anything else, he wouldn't be Satan. So sometimes we have to fight for that fire. A pastor a couple of weeks ago told a story. He said him and his wife was coming back from Moscow. And in Moscow, they don't have Doritos, okay? And so they were back, and um, they were in another. I forgot where he said they were, but he said his wife had gotten a bag of Doritos, okay? And, um, and basically, wherever they were, they were on some type of safari. And they had told them, be careful with having your windows down and having food because these monkeys that were on this safari, they literally will take the food right out of your hand. So you got to be careful. So they, they weren't thinking. They had the window down. A monkey ended up on top of the roof of the vehicle they were on. And you know what the monkey did. The monkey grabbed those <laughs> Doritos right out of her hand. She was like, what just happened? Oh, my gosh. You know, and so um, he takes off because he didn't want the monkey to try to take everything else that was right there in the front. He takes off, and his wife said, wait a minute. Stop the car. 
she goes back and she starts pulling and tugging with that monkey. She wanted those Doritos. She fought for those Doritos. She got her Doritos. And that's how it is with our fire. We can't let it go out. Sometimes we got to fight for that fire, y'all. And th because that's a gift from God. And if my father gave me something that precious, I'm going to fight for it. Nobody's going to take my blessing from me today. Some ways to keep our fire going. How to keep that fire ignited. First, we need to make sure we got a little wood on it. Okay? And when I talk about wood, we have to commit to a conversation with God daily. Not just every now and then. Not just when we're in church, not, not when there's a need, but we need to commit to God daily. You know, I work with international students still. That, that, that ministry is still going on because of prayer, okay? Last night, I was with 55 international students bowling, okay? From Brazil to Spain to Italy to India, I was with them, okay? If it wasn't for prayer, that program would not go. If it was not for prayer, VCU wouldn't be paying for the whole ministry. Prayer does a lot of things. And what we, what we forget is prayer is not just a conversation. Prayer is a verb. It moves things, okay? Just like that piece of wood. If you didn't have that wood, I mean, that will keep your fire going. Prayer keeps the movement going, okay? You enter into that conversation with your father, and the father loves you enough to move, move things. And we have to remember, sometimes we forget that prayer is a verb. We are praying, not it's not, a, it's not a noun where it just doesn't do anything. When you're having a conversation, your lips are moving, okay? When you're having a conversation, you expect for someone to respond. And when we have a conversation with our Lord and Savior, he's going to respond, okay? He's going to respond, and he's going to take care of things. Luke 3.21 from the message says, after all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized. As he was praying, praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descended, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, you are my son, chosen and mocked by my love, pride of my life. As he was praying, the sky opened up. The prayer moved. The prayer moves. So we have to pray to keep this fire going. Next, we have to receive the word. Okay? That's our accelerant. Okay? We have to receive the word. Even though we read the Bible, we got to receive what the words say. Because here's the reality. 
Sometimes when we talk to God and when we read the Bible, it may not be the answer that we want, but it's the answer we need. Okay, and there is a difference, okay? And so with our father, sometimes he's going to say yes, sometimes he's going to say no, and he's going to say also he could say the timing is not right. And it may not be the answer we want, but it's the answer we need. So we need to be able to receive the word, not just read the word, but receive the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scripture is God breathed and is using, I mean, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. That's what, that, that's what that word does. Matter of fact, Psalms 19.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word is the accelerant for our fire. It just blows it up. It blows it up. Next, accept the authority to give the message away. This is where somehow it got lost in translation, okay? Accept the authority to give the message away. Those are those ambers. Everybody, has everybody looked at a fire before and you hear the pop, pop, and you see the, yeah, you see it? That's that's, that's what we're supposed to do when we accept the authority to give the message away. Matthew 28, 16 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, all authority, not some authority, all authority, okay? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not just, not just a white person next door to you, but the little black boy down the street, the little Hispanic girl around the corner, every nation, okay, every nation. All authority. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you all to always to the very end of age. Accept the authority. Accept it. We are not made to sit in the church and keep eating at the table and don't share it with anybody. Let's get real. Let's get real, because for years, our church, all churches, ate at the table 
and expected for somebody to know that dinner was being served. The reality is we have to be nice enough to give the invitation away. <laughs> Tell somebody else. Give somebody else the meal. Don't keep sitting at the table. Get up and give, it to, give the chair to somebody else. If anybody asks you about me, one of the things you're going to say is, I am big in the missional movement. Okay? I believe that this building is for celebration of what we did all week. Hello? <laughs> I, I'm not your pastor, so I can say this. Okay? <laughs> I'm not your pastor. This is supposed to be for celebration of what we've done all week. That means at the workplace... That means in the neighborhoods, that means whether, you, you know, whether it's on the street corner, whether if you're in college, it, it's not about you when you're out there doing the week. It's about you loving on someone else. You come here on Sunday morning to get love and celebrate. Celebrate what you allow God to use you, how you allow God to use you throughout the week. And like the film said, I love that film because here's the deal. As he studied, as he defended his Lord and Savior, his fire got even bigger. His fire grew like it was humongous. It could have took down a house. And he was not going to let a professor tell him, you're going to fail if you defend your God. Because he knew that his God was better than that. No man is going to put your God under. Don't be afraid of that mess. That's the devil. You serve and you're loved by the most high God. That means that he's way over anybody, Buddha, any of them. They don't got nothing on your God. So don't even let somebody talk you into it. And that's what he was trying to do is talk him into, well, you know you're going to fail if you say you believe in God. And the reality is, that this happens every day on a campus, at work, every day. But the reality is you can't get fired because you believe in God. Here's why. If they allow Muslims to take breaks so they can pray three and four times a day, you cannot be fired because you say Jesus and clear the room. I mean, there's a whole school of lawyers that would be on your side. If they provide for one religion, then you should be able to say, I'm taking Christmas off. <laughs> Without any repercussions. You serve the most high God. You serve a father that loves you so much, so much. His love is so big for us that we can't even conceive it. That's why it's called agape. When I mess up, most likely a human being is like, girl, you messed up. I don't know what you thought you were doing. Okay? But God is like, okay, let's get up. Let me help you up. Next time, listen to me. Okay? But you're okay. Let me wipe you off. Let's get started all over again. There's a difference between your God, 
our God and my best friend down the street. Because in a time of crisis, most times you're not going to be able to find your friend down the street. But God will sit with you at night. God will cry with you at night. God will be there with you when you're going through the hard times. And the prayer is that God will use your family and your church, the ones that you celebrate with on Sunday, to be with you at the hard times. Because here's the deal. If you allow, God will use you to touch someone's life. God will use you. Today, we're going to have a little prayer to close out my sermon. I didn't even ask the pastor how long I was supposed to go. I just know the message that God gave me. And then it was double confirmed when somebody gave a word earlier today. And what we're going to do is we're just going to have a time of prayer. They're going to bring up a song. And I want people to come forth to pray about God just lighting that fire even higher. Even if you need to stand in for a friend that's struggling, I want you to come forth. I want you, I want this place to be a time of prayer that the fire will be ignited and that it won't just be a temporary thing. That you will be able to do the proper things to keep your fire high. That God will be able to ooze through your pores without you even saying a word. It's done by how you treat people, how you handle things, and how you decide to represent God. So as they start the music, I ask that you come forth. And if there's any additional prayer people that want to come and help pray with people, I ask that you come forth and help with prayer. But today is a time, this is a time for you to pray. Whether you want to come forth and sit here or whether you want to sit in your chairs or if you want somebody to pray with you, we are here. Because here's the deal, as a Christian, everybody should have the fire. Because God said it's yours. Everybody should have the fire. So let's start in a time of prayer. The Spirit of the Lord is. Yes. Hmm. Yes. There is freedom. Yes. Hmm. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. There is freedom. Just find you a spot and just press into the Lord today. You need someone to pray with you. Just, just touch somebody and say, I just need prayer. But God is here today in this house. He was here before you got here, and He was overflowing after you got here. He is here today to touch you in a special way. I hope this message takes up residence in your heart so that this week, as you go through your in and out days, that you remember that God has built a fire in you that he wants you to touch others. Hallelujah. 
perfect and you're not but here's the deal where you are weak I'm gonna be strong so don't down on yourself he said just call on my name and I'll be there I don't know who that is but God wanted that message to come out today he said he's what makes you perfect you are his child we all are queens and kings under the Savior, and that you are no junk. When he made you, he made you perfect, and that basically he loves you. And anything you can put your mind to, he will bless in the name of Jesus. that you continue to bless her, touch her, build her up. And whatever she wants to do in your name, let her know <laughs> that, that she was built perfect, but she was built perfect with you in mind. And so whatever she wants to do in your name, that you will provide the resources, that you will give her the strength. Dear Lord, continue to give her peace over this. Continue to bless her. Continue to lift her up in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, you search me with that life I felt the fire and, and what I see I done is let life. people's words mm -hmm. suffocate mm -hmm. the fire. Yeah. God lives. doesn't want that. God does not want that. You need to know who you are and whose you are. You're God's child. And he sees a whole different ball game than what you see. 
and he sees a princess and he's made a place for you and he he knows what's in your heart and if you want to do anything he will bless that as long as it's done in the name of Jesus Christ and it is for real not no junk he's going to bless it so know who you are because that's going to make the difference in your life amen amen We're gonna we're gonna come to a close. If anybody else need prayer, just just let us know. But I don't want to keep people. But you know how God is; He'll linger as long as one of His children needs Him. He will linger today. He will linger. Like the pastor said, I, I have written a couple of books. This message that I did today is coming right out of the. Um, my Soul Cry Hallelujah devotional book and so if you want the book um, certainly it's back there and, um, and it's on sale and also I wrote a series for children for that tween age to help them get ready for high school to help them, the first one is helping them to learn how to work together and the series is actually called The, the Making of a Teenage Missionary and so um, I, I just ask you to look at it, and if you see there's something that you want to give a child or a, teen, a tween, which is that 11 through 12-year-old, just please, just spread the word, okay? Father, I thank you today for being here with us. Thank you for the hearts that you've touched today through your message. I ask, dear Lord, that you send us out here as missionaries, dear Lord, that we are looking this week, that we are aware this week when you want to use us to touch someone else. Dear Lord, help us to remember this message that our fire needs to be high, dear Lord, and to show us, dear Lord, continue to remind us the ways to keep it high. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go in peace today. God loves you all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>